Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. Welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is Bonnie Beresford, Director of Performance and Learning Analytics at GP Strategies and co-author of the book, Developing Human Capital using analytics to plan and optimize your learning and development investments. Bonnie, thanks for being with us today. Well, thank you, Jeremy. It's my pleasure to share a passion of mine with you and our audience today. Great. So tell us a little bit about your background in learning and development and about what you're working on today. It really got started early in my career. I got this passion for workplace learning. I was a customer support rep for a big computer company. And fresh out of college, I thought that I was done with school, done with training. I had completed my learning journey. But then I saw how hungry my customers were for better training on how to use their new systems and what a difference an increase in knowledge could have and what a confidence booster it was for them. And that's when I realized that learning really was a lifelong thing. But I also realized that you don't want training just for training's sake but actually training that had to make a difference. And that's what set me on my journey of trying to figure out, are we making a difference when we're touching people's lives like that? So it helped me along the way to, I got an MBA, I got a PhD in human capital management, and now I'm a full-time performance consultant with a focus on performance analytics. Okay, great. So our topic for this episode is measuring the impact of learning. So first, why is that an important topic in the business world today? Well, 30 years ago, Over 90% of a company's valuation was from their fixed assets, plants, equipment, inventory. Today, that is completely flipped, where over 80% of a company's market capitalization comes from intangibles, from its people, its culture, its ability to innovate. So the shift for our economic growth engine is now on the people. To human capital is that engine of growth. And it's important that we understand how and if our learning and development initiatives are making a difference, whether it's classroom training or or chatbots. Our people's time is too precious to waste on taking training that doesn't drive business results. So that that seems like something that a lot of companies probably understand, at least in theory, and yet it's easier said than done, right? So where are companies, and more specifically learning and development functions within companies, going wrong when it comes to measuring learning? I'm glad you asked that question. I get that all the time because we've all grown up with the Kirkpatrick model of evaluation, the level one, two, three, and four. That model is now 60 years old. And when we do surveys of CLOs, you know, the chief learning officers and CEOs, we find that we are still largely stuck measuring butts and seats and student satisfaction. But according to Burson and PwC, only about 14% of companies are getting to job and business impact in their learning measurement. Yet that's what over 75% of the executives feel is important. So the big question is, why have we made such little progress in improving our measurement capabilities over the past 60 years? Yeah. And, and why is that? Well, let me tell you a story that got me really digging into that. I was working with a, with a big automotive company and the CLO had just gotten slammed because a new vehicle wasn't selling. And there was a big finger pointing game between the designers, the engineers, marketing, advertising, and training. And of course they were saying, 
that it was because of the training that the vehicle wasn't selling. Well, this learning leader was tired of being the fall guy when a product didn't sell, but never getting credit when sales went through the roof. But Jeremy, the tricky part was he actually had no idea if his training was actually helping to sell more cars. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to help him find out. And that's this challenge that I undertook to, to try and help learning organizations figure out what and how to measure their impact. And what I quickly learned is to really measure impact, you need to get into the business and into the business data. Engage your business partners to determine very explicitly and in measurable terms what success looks like to them because their answer is not gonna be high completion rates or high test scores. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be something on their dashboard. So I work with the learning leaders, lay out their KPIs, their key performance indicators, all the way from the learning, all the way to the business outcomes they're seeking. And we create this line of sight. It's like a causal chain of evidence from the learning to the business outcomes. And we call that a measurement map. And, and importantly, you really cannot measure impact without business data. Learning organizations stay stuck in their LMS and HR data, and you're never going to get to business impact until you get out into the business data. And you can't get the business data unless you engage your business partner in defining success because they own the data. So that's what's missing from the Kirkpatrick model mm -hmm. is this upfront alignment and explicitly defining your metrics into this causal model that I call a measurement map. Okay. So it sounds like maybe another way of putting this is that learning and development leaders have to be in direct communication with the leadership of a company, A, to just understand what the company's strategies are and what their goals are, and then use that knowledge to shape their learning programs to be aligned with what with those goals. You're exactly right. And and the beauty of this measurement map tool is it starts with the end in mind. We always hear that, but this gives learning organizations a tool they can actually use to do that. When you start with a strategic goal, whether it's sell more cars or it's increase uh, customer loyalty or reduce injury on the factory floor. If you start with the end in mind and go backwards towards what behaviors you need to see, then you're starting to design your training with the end in mind. And you've already outlined your explicit measurements so you can track your progress along the way. Okay. Now I understand you have an example that you use that involves Michael Phelps, the famous Olympic swimmer to help illustrate this. I do. And uh, okay. I, let, me, let me share that with you. I used to use examples from business and people kind of got it, but this Michael Phelps example really drives home the intention behind a measurement map. Okay, let's hear it. So we're all familiar with Michael Phelps, the most decorated Olympic swimmer of all time, 28 gold medals to his name. And if we think about what his end goal was, his strategic goal was to be the most decorated Olympic swimmer of all time. He didn't just get there by accident. He had a very intentional plan. So if we build a measurement map going backwards, imagine we've got, the, that's a strategic goal. What does he have to do to do that? Well, the first thing he has to do is earn a spot on the U.S. Olympic team. Because if he has a bad day during the Olympic trials, he's not going to make the team. Well, what does he have to do to get a spot on the Olympic team? He knows what races he wants to compete in, and he knows what his competitors are swimming. So he knows about what times he has to have for the 400 meter freestyle and the 200 meter 
backstroke, and so on. He knows what those cut times are. Well, what does he have to do to be able to hit those times? So we back up one more layer. He has to know how many strokes per lap he's taking in lap one, in lap two, lap, lap three, lap four. He has to know how many breaths he's taking each way, each step of the way. He has to know what his response time is from the time the person ahead of him touches the wall in the relay. So he's got these little measures that he's tracking. And if he knows he needs to get so many breaths per lap, what does he have to do to get that? He has to know what his oxygen levels are when he's resting and working. He has to know what his working heart rate is and so on. And when you back that up, he has to have the right exercise regimen and the right nutritional regimen to get that working heart rate where he wants it and get his resting heart rate and get his blood levels where he wants it. And by the time he's done mapping all this out, he and his trainer have a complete training regimen. And he can measure any one of those things on his measurement map, as I call it. And if his working heart rate isn't where it should be, he knows he needs to work on that before he's going to make the Olympic team. So it's this logic model that Olympic athlete truly already has in their training regimen. We can do that same thing with workplace learning. It obviously worked for Michael Phelps, right? He won like, what, 22 gold medals or something like that? Right. It was 28. 28 gold medals, right. So, and, and it sounds like another way of putting it is he set a very ambitious goal and then broke down the steps that it would take to get there into very discrete sort of compartmentalized things that he had to accomplish and figure out in order to achieve that goal. And he did them one at a time and one led to the next. And you're saying that you can apply that same kind of model or logic in the business world when it comes to measuring the impact of learning, if that's your goal. Exactly. I'll bring this back now to a, a, just a sales, a sales training example, because most people okay. understand sales training. If sure. we say that we want to uh, increase our market share and we want training to help increase our market share, that's pretty difficult to create that direct line of sight because there's so much other noise in the environment. There is the engineering and the advertising. What part of that market share can training take responsibility for? And how do you train a salesperson to increase market share? So if we can deconstruct that backwards as well, you look at what their sales volume is. They want to increase the, the number of sales they make to repeat and referral customers and to new customers. And we keep backing that down and we find out eventually that it's about how many prospecting calls do they make and how many proposals do they make and how many product presentations do they make and we can deconstruct it like that. So we can get to the behaviors that we want our learners to do. Just like with Michael Phelps, we want him to eat the right things and do the right exercises every day. We want our learners to do that. The beauty of the measurement map, though, is it puts it all in measurable terms. So rather than saying, here's training, here's market share, let's measure the two, we can now measure those leading indicators and say, you know what? We did our training and the number of cold calls our people are making is going up. The number of product mm -hmm. presentations is going up. And we can then start to create this evidence that the training is working. We're doing exactly what we said our training was going to do. And when market share goes up, training can say, you know what? I played a role in that because we all agreed when we built this measurement map that our training is supposed to increase the number of cold calls and increase the number of proposals and product presentations. When you do that in partnership with the business, you're talking about things that matter to them 
And if they have been part of this creation of the measurement map with you, it's credible to them. You're not coming from a defensive posture anymore as a learning leader. You're saying, we agreed together that we wanted our training to increase the number of cold calls and the number of proposals delivered. And look at those metrics are going up. Do you believe our training is responsible for that? And Mr. Business Leader, your market share is going up. Do you think that our training could have contributed in part to that increase in market share? And now you have the business partners with you. They are becoming more partners. They're providing you the data you need. They're more engaged with your training. And you're more confident because what you're doing is actually moving the needle. Or at least you can make a very strong case for that. Whereas before, if you're not training to the specific strategic goals of the business, it's much harder to make that case. That's right. That's right. What we're trying to do is create this logic model that is well understood by the learning folks and by the business folks. So it sounds to me like there are two really important parts to this. One, like we already talked about, is folks in L&D need to understand what they should be training on. And the best way to do that is to communicate with the leaders of the, of the company to understand, well, what are our overall goals as a company? So that helps you just design the training material in the first place. And then number two is along the way, measuring the impact of that as best you're able to. So that at the end of the day, either you can say, well, look, there seems to be a correlation between what we were training on and an uptick towards the goal. Or you could say, well, okay. We were training on this. The number of cold calls did not go up. Let, let's let's tweak it. At least now we know where to look in the training to try to tweak it to get a better outcome. Exactly. And you just landed on, it's kind of my mantra, Jeremy. I, I like to think of measurement to prove and measurement to improve. And that's where you were going. It's one thing to say, yep, we helped raise uh, market share. We proved it. Yay. Thump our chests. Bravo for us. The real richness, though, comes when you use your measurement to improve. And if you found out right away that the number of cold calls was not going up, you could immediately dig in deeper and find out why. You might find out that, you know what, it's going up for new hires, but it's not going up for veterans. Or maybe it's not going up at all. And that gives you the opportunity to take remedial action rather than waiting a year and saying, oh gosh, maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. We want to use measurement to improve. And that means having a culture that's going to accept bad results. Because it's a waste of money and it's a waste of time to be training people on stuff that doesn't work. Okay, so we've covered a lot of ground. Let's sum it up. What are the main takeaways and actionable best practices that you want our listeners to get from this podcast? I'll give you four, Jeremy. Um, One, the measurement map provides a framework for getting aligned with your business partners. And that's a critical element to having to designing successful training. Number two, this measurement map identifies the data you're going to need to show your impact along the way. Number three, you don't have to measure everything. Start with whatever data you can get. We live in this world of big data and so often people are wanting to use it all. Well, find the data you can that's relevant to what you're doing and just start there. Start small. And finally, this idea of measure to prove and measure to improve, because the more we understand how our learning interventions are 
affecting the people we're trying to help, the better off we're all going to be. Well, Bonnie, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your insights. It was my pleasure, Jeremy. I hope you could tell I'm passionate about measurement and performance improvement. Absolutely. Thanks again. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.